We're going to continue the series this evening. I think we're on part five, and, and, and I'm excited about this. This is something that's been on my heart for a couple of weeks, and I, I, if you, you've been here for the whole time, I, I spoke the first two weeks, and it's been two weeks since I spoke, and every week I'm like, I'm ready to go. I've got, I'm ready to speak about this, so uh, I'm really excited about it, and I think it's going to be helpful for you this evening. Hey, have you ever noticed, you've probably noticed we've got a puzzle up here on the platform, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I think that our lives are a little bit like a puzzle. You know, every person's life is, is, is so different and so unique, made up of different pieces, whether that be the experiences that we've had, the things that we do like, the things that we don't like, our personality. You know, it's, we've all got all these unique puzzle pieces. And, and, and the analogy goes even further when you start to think of, you know, often we don't know what piece comes next, right? We only know what's happening right now in this moment. And what's next is not so much guaranteed. And so our lives, in a sense, are a little bit like a puzzle. They're made up of so many different pieces. And sometimes it's great. Sometimes it just feels like the puzzle falls into place. I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that where it's like, oh, that just all worked out so, so perfectly. I remember when uh, we were in Taiwan, I actually I was faced with a puzzle piece, I suppose, uh, of trying to get a working visa, uh, which turned out to be a very complicated puzzle piece to fit into the, uh, into the puzzle. And it actually turned out I couldn't get this puzzle piece, so I was handed another puzzle piece of not having a job, uh, which when you live overseas is not a great puzzle piece to have, and not because I was, uh, well, I guess I was underqualified because <laughs> I didn't have what it took to get a uh, working visa, and so life dealt me a new puzzle piece, and that was studying Chinese, uh, which was a bit of a random puzzle piece because, uh, I mean, they speak Chinese there, but it's kind of like, I'm not really sure how I'm going to use this. I guess I can kind of use it at church a little bit, uh, and I studied Chinese, and and that chapter kind of finished, and what, what, what happened, which was amazing, was a job opened up at the Australian representative office there, and the requirements were to speak Chinese, and the role was the driver uh, for the, all of the representatives, and I, was, I think I was the only foreigner driver in all of Taiwan, um, so people used to think I was one of the representatives, which was, you know, pretty funny. They treat me really good, and I'm like, I'm literally a nobody here, <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate it, and, um, and because I had studied Chinese, I was able to get this job as the driver, and because I was the driver for a year, uh, when a job opened up as a passports and consular officer, I I was actually able to step into that position as well. Um, and I found myself in, I think, the only, the only position I could have in Taiwan where I could legally have a work permit. It was literally like God had tailored, tailor-made this little puzzle piece for me. And, and it was like all the pieces just fell together perfectly. And looking back, you can see how easily they, they joined together. If, I, if I'd been able to get my job, I never would have studied Chinese. And if I never studied Chinese, I never would have ended up in this dream position. And if I hadn't done the driving, I never would have ended up as, as a passport officer doing something that I really loved to do. And you might have an experience in your life like that where you look back and it's like, oh, it's just like all the pieces came together, purpose, uh, came, came together perfectly. It's also very likely that you have a few pieces that you're still trying to figure out how they fit into the puzzle. A few things that are a bit random, things that are maybe partially built or partially started. And it's like if you look at the puzzle, it's like you've been doing a little bit of work over here, but there's still a few gaps over here. And there's, there's still a few kind of 
pieces that are, are lying around that you're still kind of trying to make sense of and, and to make fit into the puzzle, it's very likely that you're left with a few of these. And maybe even for you, a few of these, maybe these are things that aren't super awesome. And maybe they're things you kind of wish weren't a part of the puzzle at all. If we look at the puzzle like our story, you know, our story's made up of all these pieces, but some of these pieces, maybe you just wish they didn't exist. It's like you, you, you find it hard to see how that piece actually fits into your story. And, and so what I want to speak about this evening is what do we do with these pieces of our life, these pieces that maybe don't make sense or these pieces that we don't know how they fit in or maybe the things that have happened to us that were hurtful and painful and we just wish they didn't exist all together. So what I want to speak about this evening is putting the pieces back together. And as we're in the conversation with Jesus series, we're going to take a step back into Jesus's conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well. I know that's the only conversation I've spoken about, but it's just so great. And a quick recap, we have Jesus who intentionally goes through Samaria, even though everyone else would skirt around it. He says, I have to go. There's someone I have to speak to. And he breaks all of these social norms to speak to this Samaritan woman who's sitting at the well in the middle of the day, which means that she'd been rejected by her community. She was trying to stay out of the limelight. She was trying to stay away from people. Jesus goes and invites her into a conversation. Just like this evening, for all of us, Jesus is continually inviting us into a conversation. He actually wants, he's not this God who sits afar and kind of tells you how you should do things. He's a God that comes and engages with us, even in our lowest moment, and encourage, starts the conversation and, and guides us to a better future. So Jesus engages this conversation with this woman, and we, as I spoke about a few weeks ago, he actually gets into some of the deeper things. He's not interested in just surface level conversations. Jesus, Jesus isn't scared of the things inside that you maybe don't want to speak about. He wants to actually engage with where you might feel broken or hurt. He wants to engage with those pieces that maybe feel like they don't belong. And we, we see him do this with this woman. And she's obviously been dealt a lot of crazy pieces in her life from being rejected from her community. She's been trying to piece it back together. We read that she's had, you know, five different husbands. And it's like she's, she's desperately trying to make this puzzle of her life work, but she still seems to be getting frustrated. But what we see is everything change in an instant or in a few moments with a conversation with Jesus. And I, I want to pick this story up in John 4, 27, because what we see before this is a lady who's extremely insecure. She feels alone. She feels rejected. She's sneaking out to the well where no one else is going to be there. That's kind of like her trigger thing is acceptance. She's got acceptance issues. But we see a massive shift here in verse 27. And Jesus is speaking to her. And then we see his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? And, and as you're reading this story, I think we've got to put this humanity back into it, right? It says they didn't say anything, but can you imagine the vibe shift when Jesus' disciples show up and they're like surprised that they're talking? Like, I'm, I'm sure it was a tangible kind of, like there's not a lot of people at the well and then 12 dudes rock up and they're like, okay, this is weird. Like there would have been a big vibe shift in that moment right there. And, and, and as an onlooker, it's like you're almost worried. Like, oh no, Jesus has done all this work 
And here she is at risk of feeling rejected again. I don't know what the disciples were doing, but I can imagine them kind of exchanging glances with one another, trying to figure out what's going on, maybe looking a little bit confused at the woman and at Jesus. But when we see her response, we see that something's totally shifted in her. And what should have triggered her, we see her response in verse 28. It says, Then leaving her water jar, which was everything she needed to survive, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? And I think this is amazing. Everything has changed. She goes from insecure to confident. She's not worried about what the disciples are thinking. In fact, she's like, you know what? I'm going to leave my jug here, which I need to survive. I'm so confident that I have found all I need in Jesus. I'm now going back as a changed person into the same town that rejected me, into the same town that shut me down, into the same town that said I didn't belong with the good news that I have met Jesus. So we see that something has totally changed. But in the same sense, nothing's changed. It's one of the paradoxes about Jesus, how everything can change in a moment, but at the same time, nothing can change. So we look at all the pieces she's been dealt. Her pieces don't change. The pieces of her story are still the same. But in an instant, everything has changed. And I think what we see here, you know, she's been searching for the missing piece. Not only has she found the missing piece in Jesus, she's actually found the puzzle maker. She's actually found the one that gives purpose to her pieces. That she's got all this brokenness, all these parts of her story, all these things, all this pain. Jesus doesn't come and say, that's all gone now. Instead, he says, There's actually, I'm actually going to give purpose to the pieces of your life. And I just I want to encourage someone here tonight. The pieces of your life have purpose. Those things you feel like don't belong actually have purpose. So he gives purpose. He doesn't throw away the old pieces like, like some of us would prefer to throw those pieces away. Instead, he repurposes them. I love that song that says, uh, what the enemy meant for evil, God, you're going to turn it for good. It's like all these things, all these things that have happened to her, all these negative things, in a moment, Jesus takes it and makes it a part of a more beautiful story, of a restoration story. So she returns to town. And I just want to see out this story. That's kind of where I want to talk about. But I think it's a, it's a really powerful story. She returns to the town. Uh, she goes and she says, come see this man who, who told me everything I ever did. And, and I'm thinking they're probably thinking, yeah, we know some of the stuff you did. Like, there's a reason that you're out there. They've actually, and I'll get a piece of it. Like, they've seen some of her pieces. And, and a lot of the pieces that they've seen are not good pieces. There's a reason that she's been outcast. There's a reason they're not talking to her. But she comes back anyway. And, and I think, I guess you just, just want us to, to, to picture this. Because they start to actually believe her. And, and can you imagine the scene? This woman who's been slinking in the background, slinking in the shadows. She's staying in her home till everyone else has gone back into her home. And then she's going out to get her water. And all of a sudden, she comes charging through the gates of the town. And she's like, come and see this guy who told me everything I ever did. She goes from like shy and reluctant and hidden in the shadows to returning full of boldness and joy and confidence. You know, saying, Jesus knows about my pieces. But there's more to it. 
there's more to it. I think he could actually be the answer to my brokenness. And in verse 30, it says, they came out of the town and made their way towards him. So they start to believe her and, and hope starts to rise in their hearts. Could this be the answer that we've also been looking for? There's something so compelling about the way this woman has shared her story that they actually think, is, is there more to this? Could this be the, the healing I'm looking for? Could this be the joy that I so desperately need? And then it says in verse 30, uh, 39, just skipping forward a bit, many of the Samaritans in that, from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. They believed in him because of her story. Her story, which was made up of all these broken pieces. That's all the testimony is. It's the story of what God has done and is doing in your life. And it says, because of her story, they believed. They believed because of the story. And it goes on in verse 40, which I think is even more amazing. It says, when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. Uh, so he stayed two days, and be, so they're like, they're keen as on Jesus, right? They're like, hey, you, you want to stay? And he's like, yeah, right. Um, and because of his words, many more became believers. And then I love this, verse 42. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you've said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man is really the saviour of the world. I want to encourage someone tonight that your story has power. Her story led to hope rising in these people's lives, which led to them actually having an experience for themselves of Jesus. And I want to encourage you, there's people that God has put in your life that you need to share your story with because God is actually going to use your story to build hope in someone's life and it's going to lead to them having an experience with Jesus in a similar way that you may have also. So it's a beautiful story, right? Beautiful story. I think it could be, you know, Netflix series for sure. And, um, but what's it mean for us? And, and I just want to take a few moments speaking about what, what, what can we learn from this and, and what does it mean for us? First of all, I think, which I've already messaged. Oh, and before, actually before, I nearly forgot. I'm going to ask my boy Young Mose to come up here. Why don't we welcome up Young Mose? And we're, we're going to do a little bit of an object lesson here. He's, he's warming up, bro. Look at that. He's coming to do the puzzle, so that's why he needs to be real limber for puzzle making. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get Moe's to there. He's just going to start putting this, this puzzle together. And th this is kind of just a little bit of imagery. Hopefully it's not too distracting. Um, but just a little bit of imagery because I think this is actually what Jesus does. Mo's, young Moe's representing Jesus here this evening. And... Um, but, but what Jesus does, he's the, he's the puzzle maker. He's the one that puts our pieces into the story. So <laughs> he's doing good. He's, he's fumbling with the pieces. It's all good. You got this, Mose. And uh, so what, where, what does it mean for us? Well, like I said before, it means that your pieces have purpose. Your pieces have purpose. Romans 8, 28 in the message says, this is why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Like I said, there can be some pieces of our life that, that are just so dark and maybe it's so painful. And even as we think tonight, it's like, man, I don't even want to go there. 
But what Jesus is saying, hey, is what, what, might not, what might not be good, I can work all things for good. I can give them a place in your story. And, you know, sometimes even life hands us pieces. Uh, life hands us something or some experience or something happens to us that's outside of our control. The beautiful thing is that Jesus can give purpose to those pieces, that, that everything we're going through, whether it be good or whether it be bad, God can actually use it to bring purpose. He doesn't just delete pieces out of our story. He actually uses them to write a more beautiful story. Jesus can bring purpose to your pieces. And like we saw with that lady, not only was Jesus the missing piece, he actually wanted to be involved with all of the pieces. So what this is about, a relationship with God, is not just about having a little compartment where we put God in or having a little piece that says God. It's actually letting God be a part of all of the pieces. It's not, just, it's not about compartmentalizing God. It's about making sure that God is in every compartment of our life. And as we allow him into every compartment of our life, he takes the pieces and he writes a more beautiful story. He molds the pieces into our story. And, and I just want to take a moment because I, I think as, we, as I'm speaking about this, maybe you can even recognize some things in your life, some pieces that maybe you're not proud of, some things that happened to you, some things you've been through. And it's like, I just can't picture how that fits in. And when you came in this evening, you would have got a little piece of a puzzle uh, and a pen, hopefully. If you didn't, you can go run and get one up the back. But what I want us all to do, right, we're going to get involved, all right, tonight. This is a little, if you're at home, go find a puzzle from your kid's uh, wardrobe, pull it out, start graffitiing on it. Um, what I actually want us to do tonight, just, just as we're thinking and just as we're sitting here, if there's, especially if there's something that's come to mind, even if there's not, I want you to write on the back of that piece, my pieces have purpose. All right, can you do that now? Just my pieces have purpose. Write it on the back of that. And I just wanted something that you could take home as a reminder of when life deals you a tough hand uh, or of when you go through something difficult, you can remember my pieces have purpose. That God can use the pieces of my life. He puts them together to write a more beautiful story. Write it down. My pieces have purpose. Pieces is with an I before the E, just if you're wondering. I, uh, I've been working on this message for two weeks, and I still am writing E-I and then doing autocorrect to I-E. So just thought I'd let you know. My pieces have purpose. It's a reminder that when something happens, Jesus can give it purpose. This is not saying that Jesus makes all these bad things to you, but what it is saying that if I take the pieces out of my hand and I put them in Jesus's hand, he can give purpose to them. He can use it to write an even more beautiful story. He's the puzzle maker, the story writer. Whatever happens, he can turn it for good. That's the character of Jesus. The second thought, so my pieces have purpose. And if my pieces have purpose, if, if my pieces are being written into a story, it means that I actually now have a story to tell. And that's the second thought. You have a story to tell. No matter what your pieces are, no matter what your past is, you have a story to tell of God at work in your life if you let Him give purpose to the pieces. You actually have a story to tell. And it's not glorifying our mistakes. 
It's not about giving away all the details for some juicy goss, but it's almost like when we share our story and all the pieces in it, even these dark pieces over here, what we see is this contrast between the dark and the light. Hey, this is what my life was like, but now this is what it's like that Jesus is at work. And I'm never going to get rid of those pieces because they're part of my story. I can't change what happened to me. I can't delete my past, but I can let Jesus give it purpose. And now it's a contrast to the life and the light that he's bringing into my life. Man, I was dead, but now I am alive in Christ. I was depressed, but now I've got hope. I was so down, but now I'm full of joy. I was just struggling as a teenager, but now I know that my life has more purpose than I ever knew before. My pieces have purpose, and now I have a story to tell. There is power in your story. And, and it's, it's so, I think it's so important that we get confident sharing our story. And just practical notes, learn how to share it short, okay? Uh, it's not often you get the opportunity to give like a five-paragraph, uh, five-page testimony to someone, right? Usually it's in conversation. It's, hey, yeah, I used to feel like that as well, but, but man, God's really helped me with that. And I was talking to a guy last week after the service, and we had an amazing chat of he's walking with his friend, um, and, and his friend's kind of going through some mental health stuff. And, and he's been able to just share to his non-Christian friend and say, hey, you know, I used to really struggle with that kind of stuff too. And, and I actually struggle with anxiety as well. But what's really helped me is prayer. Like just inviting God and just, just, just acknowledging that God's at work in my situation. Man, it's really put me to peace. And, and that's all he shared. And, and the conversation we were having was he, he wanted to know, is that enough? And I'm like, that's more than enough, man. That's incredible. That's exactly how you can share. Because if every time someone asks you a question or, or says something they're struggling with, you're like, well, it all started when I was five. <laughs> they're going to switch off really quick. So learn, learn to share it concisely what God is doing in your life. There is power in your testimony. And I just love this verse in 2 Corinthians 1.4 uh, in the message. And it says, He comes alongside us, speaking of God, when we go through hard times, when, when we're getting these tough, these dark puzzle pieces handed to us by life, He comes alongside of us when we go through them. And before you know it, He brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person, just like God was there for us. Isn't that beautiful? You see, some of these dark puzzle pieces, there's people in your life who have similar pieces. And they haven't realized that this piece actually has purpose. And that's the amazing thing about Jesus, that as we go through something, we never go through it alone. He's always with us. And then it's like he starts to put people around us who are going through the same thing. And I say that to say there's somebody in your life right now that needs to hear your story. Again, they might not need cover to cover story, but there's somebody in your life right now who needs to hear part of your story because your story has power. Like, just like the lady when she shared, your story will create hope in somebody. And I really believe that that hope is going to lead to them having an experience with Jesus for themselves. You see, the thing is, the devil, he really wants to keep your life in pieces. He wants to keep it as disjointed as that was just bad, that there's no purpose to that. That's just you suffering for no reason. There's, he just wants to keep it all separated because he knows that as you open your mouth, as you speak your story, chains are broken, people are lifted, people's eyes are lifted out of their situation to the possibility that just maybe there is somebody who is bigger than all of this. We need to share our story. So I wonder what is 
your story? What is your story? You know, for me, growing up uh, around church in a, in, a, in, a, in a Christian home, I suppose, I used to feel bad that I didn't have a more exciting story. Um, I don't know if anyone can relate to that. It's kind of like my dad has got an incredible story, right, just of like being insanely wild and then it just all transforming in a moment. Uh, my story was kind of just like, yeah, went to church every week. Uh, yeah, you're going through hard times. Well, our communion wasn't really tasty back in the day. Like I felt like I don't really have a story to tell. Um, and, and what really helped me is actually just looking and realizing the kind of my story is that for my whole life, I've just kind of consistently had peace. Like, yeah, you're sure there's been ebbs and flows, but, but in every moment I felt peace and every moment I felt hope for my future. Even when I've gone through challenges, even when I didn't have a work permit in Taiwan and it's like, you are going home in a couple of months time, buddy. It's like, I, I just know, I remember my boss at the time who was trying to help me get the work permit. She was freaking out about it and... Um, and I was like, I'm, I'm not really that stressed about it. And she said, why not? You should be worried. It's, it doesn't look like it's going to work out. And, and I was able to just say to her, I just, I just really believe that, that God's got my back in this and, and that it's going to work out. I just really believe it. And then I lost the job and I couldn't keep working there. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And it's like, no, I, I just really believe that each of these pieces have purpose, that, that God has got a better future for me. So you have a story. You have a story and you need to share it. The final thought, final thing that we can learn uh, is that it's time to give the invitation. I love her invitation. Come and see this man. Come and see. That's all she said. And I think it's really important that, I think we need to recognize the importance of just this next week, how significant it is in the lead up to Easter. Uh, studies show that statistically people are more open about coming to church and church events at Easter time. And I, I just, I just want to really encourage us to really think through who's some people in our lives that we can invite to come and see. Hey, come and see the reason why I'm so full of hope. Hey, hey, come and see why I have so much joy. Hey, hey, come and see why I can live my life with such purpose. This is such a significant moment. And I think even now as we sit here, no matter who you are, no matter how long you've been in church, let's start to actually think, is there somebody in my life that I could invite to come and see this Easter? Whether it's coming along to the egg hunt or we're going to have like a, a mini music festival here at the 6 p.m. and not next week, the week after, where we just have some music in the foyer. It's going to be an amazing, easy entry for people as they come and they hear really simply about our faith and and that's what I guess, our, uh, that's what I would say to you. We're going to do our best over the next few weeks to really present in a simple and understanding and uh, a simple and easy to understand way what our faith is and why what Jesus did on the cross was so significant. That's our pledge to you. And would you join us as we invite people along this Easter? Who can you invite to come and see? Who can you invite to come and see? You know, there's interesting side convo kind of happens. I'll just blast through it quickly. You know, as this woman goes back to the town, the disciples, it's really classic disciple kind of behavior. They're like, hey, Jesus, we bought you some food. And Jesus is like, I've already eaten. And they're like, what? Like, how did you eat? Do you have a secret snack pouch in your robe? Like, <laughs> how have you already eaten? And, and Jesus goes on, he says, my food is to do the work of the Father. 
And I think the disciples would have been like, oh, it's another one of those things. Like, he hasn't actually eaten. Um, but, but kind of kind of talking about, you know, how, how this is, he sees it so, as so important. And he goes on to say this, and I just want to highlight this. He says to them, he says, um, he, he says in, it looks like, have I deleted it out of my notes? No, it's here. It's here. Verse 35. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. He's speaking about, he's saying, hey, you know, you have this saying about it's not harvest time yet, but I'm telling you that harvest time is right now, that people's hearts are more open than they'll ever be, that people in your life are ready to hear the good news about Jesus. You just need to take that step of boldness and say, hey, would you come and see the man who told me everything I did? Would you come and see the man who told me that I had future and that I had a hope, that I had a purpose? Would you come and see? And I just think that's so pertinent for us at Easter time. People's hearts are more open than ever. You know, Statistically, studies have been shown to say that roughly 50% of people are open to coming to church at Christmas and Easter time, actually just to any service, really, to any time during the week. 50% of Gen Z are open to coming along if one of their friends was to invite them. It's it's 35%, but 15% of them said, not sure, I'm a man of faith. They just haven't been invited yet. They haven't been invited yet. They didn't say no, that's a yes. And (laughs) that's a yes. Hey, it's harvest time. Just encourage you, maybe even just to look inside yourself. Is there any reason you're, what's stopping you from sharing this good news? And I think the beautiful thing is, is we let Jesus give purpose to our pieces what people see is not our pieces. They actually see a reflection of Jesus working within us. And I think if you look over, Moses done a great job. Why don't we give it up for Moses putting that, that painting together? You can grab your seat, bro. But you know what started as, as dark? Oh, there's a missing piece. There we go. I actually asked Moses, like, don't com- you don't have to complete it because, uh, because our story's not, not done yet. There we go. That sticks in there. But you know what started as, as dark and maybe not that hopeful? It's kind of turned into something that's even more beautiful. And I think that's what Jesus wants to do with our life. He wants to take those dark pieces, that dark past that we have, and turn our life into something so that when people see us, they don't just see us and our mistakes, which they obviously will see, but they, they actually see that Jesus is at work within us, that there's something greater going on here than what meets the eye. Our story becomes a reflection of a crucified Christ, which kind of, if we read Philippians, talks about Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God to be something used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing taking by the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So as we've talked about conversations with Jesus, looking at the character of Jesus, the cross is the ultimate picture of the character of Jesus, a man who was equal with God, yet didn't use that to lord over people. Instead, he counted it as nothing. He came as a man. He humbled himself to prove 
beyond doubt that He loves you, that you're forgiven, that you can have purpose, that death will not have the final say, that you can be victorious in your life. That is what our life should reflect. A Jesus who cares, a God who loves and the God who gives purpose. So I've got a couple of questions. We're going to dig into the cross over the next few weeks. Well, that's just a, a teaser of where we're going. A um, couple of questions just as we finish. Sorry, it's gone a little bit over time, I'm aware. Um, first question, are you letting Jesus give purpose to all your pieces? Or have you compartmentalized God? Are you allowing Jesus access to all of those little parts of your life? Or are you trying to keep some from Him? Second question, which town do you need to go back to? I'd encourage you this week, which town are you going back to? Maybe it's back to your university or to your high school. Maybe it's going back into your family or your workplace. Which town are you going back into with a, with a story and an invitation? And is something stopping you? If there's something stopping you, come on, what, maybe, maybe try work through that. Have a conversation with Jesus about that. Final question, or just really practically, who are you inviting to come and see this Easter. I really think that this is an incredible opportunity we have over the next few weeks. And I'd encourage you just to think about it, to pray about it. Don't get too overly spiritual about it. If you're thinking about someone right now, that's probably the person you should go and get an invitation to. But I want to encourage you, your pieces have purpose. Not only that, you have a story to tell. Jesus at work within you, if you give Him the pieces of your life, no matter how dark and broken, He can give it a purpose that He uses to transform the lives of others. Hey, why don't we stand really quick? I'd love to just pray as we wrap up the service. And I'd just love to pray over, I'd just love to pray over all of us, actually, that, that as we give our pieces to Jesus, that He would give them purpose. And Jesus, I just pray that right now over every single person, you know the pieces that our lives are made up of, you know the details, you know the good stuff and the bad stuff, and you love us despite it. And this evening, we're just making a decision. We want to surrender our pieces to You. We just pray that You would give purpose to the pieces of our life that we can't make sense of. And we know that it might not be instantly, but we just trust that those pieces that don't seem to fit, you actually have a plan and a purpose for them. And we just pray that as we share our story, as we invite people to come and see this Easter, we pray people's hearts would be open to coming and experiencing you. In Jesus' name, amen. And just finally, maybe, you know, maybe you're new here or maybe you've never made a decision to enter into a conversation with Jesus. I just encourage you that the invitation is there this evening, that again, He's not sitting off of, He's not this God that sits on fire. He's a God that comes close and invites you into relationship with you. And maybe you've got questions. Well, He would love to have a conversation with you. And if, if that's you, it's as simple as just making a little decision in your heart of Jesus, I want to enter into that conversation would you speak to me?